and we get you the answers, which is why we turn to Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. And it's a busy one today. Thank you, sir, for joining. Thank you, Alex. This is important because this is um, trying to be pushed through by the Trudeau government. It has everything to do with mandatory minimums. And so they're pushing really hard right now for the Senate to push reforms through. And it's happening at a time, uh, Tom, when we see crime sharply going up across the country. But they're doing it on the premise of getting rid of mandatory minimums as not to punish, you know, a misguided drug dealer. So they don't want to throw someone in jail who's had a, a petty crime or a small drug offense. However, as we always know, the devil's in the detail on this. Very true. And it always forgotten is why mandatory minimums passed Parliament in the first place. It's very simple, because people got fed up with judges not doing their job. That's why. In this case, this is a Bill C-5 that would eliminate a mandatory minimum, for instance, of uh, one year in, uh, in jail for uh, cocaine. The number of cocaine traffickers who have been sentenced to as little as one year in jail is no one. We can't find any case, and the Department of Justice concedes they couldn't either. Typical sentence is a year and a half to six years, depending on circumstances. So the mandatory minimum is simply to avoid monkey business. Very awkward testimony, however, from the Attorney General who said he was thinking, and speaking to the Senate Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee, of, say, an indigenous uh, drug trafficker who's, in his words, just trying to put food on the table. Are you kidding me, Dave Lometti, that he would expropriate that phrase that means something for working people, apply it to drug traffickers? This is not simple possession. These are people making profiting from yeah. selling drugs because they're just trying to put food on the table, Alex. Uh, you know, there was one MP, uh, Denise Batters in Saskatchewan, who made the point in committee and said, you know, there are people who are victimized by addiction. Uh, that bill does nothing to, to, to prevent it. That bill, all it does is you're talking about people who sell to the people who have the addictions. It's fraught with controversy. Well, it should be because we have an opiate crisis right now. We've got fentanyl and drugs uh, being pushed through this country, and they are being pushed by traffickers. It's not like, you know, it's it, one thing, Tom, if you sell a joint, and no one should go to jail for that. But if you're trafficking drugs, you're not just trafficking drugs. You're probably, you know, human smuggling we have issues with. There's always different branches to it, and generally there's aspects of violent crime. And so it's very, it's much more... Um, confusing and, and problematic than they're, they're actually efforting. And so if this is just trying to be sold, as well, we're just going to let, uh, you know, guys that sell joints uh, off the table. It, no, it's, it's not that easy. So, wait, this is... Yeah, absolutely. It's organized crime. You get the... Alex, you get the impression from Cabinet that they resent having to enforce drug laws. I'm sorry, but that's a, a rational response to some of the legislation, some of the initiatives they've had when they decriminalized possession of cocaine, meth, ecstasy in British Columbia for a three-year period. Where's the data on that? Uh, you're left with the impression, and Lametti perpetuated that in committee, where, you know, he just, he finds it kind of awkward and, and tedious to have to enforce the nation's drug laws. No question about it. Meanwhile, meanwhile, if you've uh, driven a truck and you got a bank account, they'll go after you. This is interesting. So a police blacklist of bank account holders named as Freedom Convoy Sympathizers was mailed to lobbyists. Records disclosed. So the RCMP, you're telling us, Distributed names, birth dates, phone numbers, and other personal information by unencrypted email contradicting public claims by cabinet. Where do they get off doing that? How is this okay? 
it's domestic spying. It's not okay. It's outrageous. That is domestic surveillance. It's absolutely outrageous. This is a federal police force acting on instruction from politicians that compile the blacklist, as you mentioned, intimate financial and personal details. And they emailed that. It, they didn't even bother encrypting the emails. They sent it to anyone they could think of. We can only guess at the hundreds or thousands of people who saw that blacklist with names. Who were these people who were blacklisted? Communist spies? Was it the Taliban plotting to blow up the airport? No, it's a bunch of truck drivers who were double parked on Wellington Street. Absolutely outrageous, Alex. But it goes beyond that because there were a lot of people, a lot of Canadians, a lot of everyday people who gave 50 bucks or 60 bucks even before this thing had erupted into you know, Christian Freeland saying it was all terror funding, which it was not after the fact found to be. And so it wasn't just a bunch of truck drivers. This thing goes far and wide. And again, who was it sent to? Who's on that list? Yeah, there's going to be an, a judicial inquiry starts at October 13th. But the MP who requested this data that was tabled in Parliament, uh, MP Adam Chambers, Midland, Ontario, made an, a point. That's valid. And he said, you know, cabinet doesn't want to talk about it. You sort of have the idea they're embarrassed by all the shenanigans that went on in February. They don't want to talk about it. People have to talk about this. These are absolutely fundamental. You cannot have politicians ordering a hit job on opponents, public street protesters they don't like, using the RCMP in, in the, this really clumsy surveillance and what was really a blacklist of people for which they disapproved. And by the way, what were those people charged with? What were the very serious yeah. crimes? Mischief. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, they don't like spyware on their phones. Now they're uh, like, well, what? so there's rules for thee, just not for me. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, that 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 judicial hearing is going to be fascinating. Nearly three billion in pandemic relief paid to undeserving claimants, you find. And uh, less than a billion has been recovered today. This is a big deal because there was an article that just came out a couple of days ago, Tom, where they were saying that the CRA may go after those who double dipped on EI and CERB. And people are saying, well, don't pay it back. I mean, the NDP are saying, well, no, don't go after those people. You're just hurting people. But there were legitimate people who stole money they shouldn't have taken. And you're darn well they should be having to recover that. And there are some people who should answer for that at the Canada Revenue Agency that managed the program. CRA always said, you know, we wanted to get the money out as if it was a sort of they're all or nothing kind of guys. So we're either paralyzed playing computer chess at work or we're throwing money from helicopters. There was nothing in between, Alex. There was just nothing in between. No one had any any brains. The sums here are simply staggering. $3 billion that they know of that went out the door where it should not have been claimed in the first place. My favorite stat. Do you know how much Canada Revenue Agency has now spent auditing Canada Emergency Response Benefit claims that they should have checked in the first place? To date, $147 million. Think of that next time someone says, why is my hospital emergency room closed on the weekend? That's where the money went. Yeah. To those on ODSP, you don't get the money. That's where it goes. That's the crazy thing. Meanwhile, uh, you know, every time I read a headline on this, I get more and more irritated. But the passport office took more than two years to bring the staffing levels back, despite the fact that the demand warnings were were long in the no. 
And and so again, you know, we've got uh, security being hired for people to not beat each other up. The fact is, they did nothing to make sure Christina Gould did nothing to get these offices back up and running. And I was just looking at the deadline now. There's a six month deadline right now if you if you apply just today. That is not acceptable. No, it's ridiculous, and they, and they know it's not acceptable because they've gotten lots of heat at their constituency offices. Yet no one's been cabinet, fired, Tom. No one has been fired. Not only that, they haven't even been asked the question in committee. Hopefully that will be remedied, and the question is exactly that. What is the point of having a 2021 report, that's a year ago in July, that says, okay, get ready, everybody, look sharp, heads up, because there's going to be some applications coming in down at the passport office, and we want to, we want to do a good job. And that's what the report said, to which management replied, nothing. They did nothing, as you mentioned. They waited, literally, they, they camped in a dry creek bed, and they waited until the floodwaters came down, and then it was, oh, it was everyone's fault, and, well, how come people are applying all at once? My life is so hard. Not only was no one fired, Alex, no one has even been asked of management at, at the passport office, why didn't you take your own advice? Why do you even publish these reports? Mediocre doesn't beyond to describe it. Interestingly, this is one of the rare instances where MPs are wearing it, and I mean in cabinet, because they're getting an earful. Absolutely. Hey, between this and the airport, these are basic government services. They can't deliver that. Give me a break. All right, Tom. There's even more I could get into. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much, sir. It's been a busy week, no doubt. Thanks. Thank you, Alex. That's Tom Korski, and of course, subscription-based with Blacklock Supporter, but they do deliver every single time. That's why we bring them on Monday, or Tuesdays and Thursdays, if you want to know, 1045.